Hi, dear listener, it's Jules. Before you get started on this episode, a quick note about the sound quality. Not quite up to snuff today, but hopefully you learned something and you still enjoy the episode. Cheers. In a world where Drea and Jules drink wine one bottle at a time. Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I want to pet all the dogs. And I'm Jules, and I actually have all the dogs. Look at us. Three of them, to be exact, but a total of 11 legs altogether. (laughs) So, as our introduction suggests, this episode is celebrating our fur babies. Doctors! (laughs) Kuka, Penny, Zoya, and Doby may actually be more love than wine, and the bottle we're featuring this episode is all about celebrating a wino's best friend. But to get us started, let's kick off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. So Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing this episode? I'm cheersing to many Hawaiian holidays. I just had 72 hours in Kauai. It's a little extreme to take a six-hour flight to go somewhere for three days, but it it was totally worth it, but I don't know that I would actually do it again. Oh, I think you'd do it again. I don't know. Just stay an extra day. There. Worth it. Well, then then of course, then it becomes worth (laughs) it. The longer you stay, then of course. I solved your problem. You're welcome. Uh, And I'm also cheersing to the homecoming I got from the three dogs when I walked in the house. It's always, like, really cool to, like, have that level of of excitement. I feel like they're still celebrating. They kind of are. They're exhausted from all the celebrating. I mean. There's been a lot of sleeping today. Their butts and tails are still a wagon. Yes, they are. They are. And what are you cheersing? (laughs) So since I just was on a flight, I am jeersing to overzealous flight attendants who are sticklers about the rules. Two fucking thumbs down to them. I just had, like, just old flight attendants on my flight home who were just so weird about the rules and stuff. And it was just kind of bullshit. I was like... Put your power stick away, people. Relax. I wonder, though, if they've... I'm not being rowdy. I wonder if that's why, though, because, like, so many people have been rowdy. Like, the last two flights I've been on, I swear, passengers were about to come to blows with each other. And I was like, everyone needs to chill the fuck out. I mean, I do get that flight attendants have to put up with a lot of bullshit, but they just had an attitude on this flight, and I was not. They were just I wasn't there for it. And they weren't there for it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. What are you cheersing to? So, I am cheersing to ideal wino weather. It is not too warm. It is not too cold. It's perfect for whites. It's perfect for rosés. It's perfect for reds. Like <laughs> it's perfect for bubbles. It's perfect for, like this is my sweet spot. This time of year is my sweet spot because I can drink whatever the fuck I want, whenever the it fuck I appropriate. want. It's always all appropriate. She's nothing if not appropriate. Here we are. <laughs> and what are you jeersing to? So this jeers actually comes courtesy of a conversation I had with Hot Rob. And so Hot Rob and Drea were hanging out we because were. Drea's husband was out of town and Jules was out of town. So Hot Rob and Drea were at a bar together. We actually didn't know we were both going to be at the bar, though. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. <laughs> so. That's funny. 
But we were like, oh my God, fancy seeing you here. Although you could have made a plan with Rob and he forgot that he was meeting you there and he just thought he was supposed to That's be true. Maybe something. we did talk about so it. So who, who knows? I, I mean, we did get matching sunglasses, oh, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> but um, our conversation featured our, my jeers for this episode, which is Miller Beer. Now, Miller has declared themselves the champagne of beers and is currently in deep shit in the EU because the idiots didn't realize that champagne is a protected designation in Europe and they printed it on a bunch of fucking cans. For years they've done that. Morons. So there's It's all- been their tagline for years. But I, well, who knows how this happened? But like did, did you- the region of Champagne just figure this out? They were like absolutely well, like why would they be concerned with shitty American beer? Also, Probably. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like- but they're like, this is an affront to our Frenchness. I mean it is. It is. And it's so- an affront to a lot of things. <laughs> so there's all this footage pouring in, like YouTube it of places in Belgium and France just like dumping. Just dumping can after can after can of Miller High Life. And it's gorgeous. I, I have it. a problem with that, though. Because that's just wasteful. I mean, is it? This beer is fucking garbage. Yeah, but it's wasteful. It's just like those fucking idiots that were shooting up the Bud Light cans because of the whole transgender controversy. That's not even a fucking controversy. I'm like, you're just wasting the beer. Like, someone is going to drink that. Can you, so Plenty of people drink it. So I, I think feel like this it's is super like, wasteful. This is like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it. Like, if the beer is bad, is anyone, is it wasteful? I just think it's wasteful. Okay. To well. just do that. I mean, I think it's funny. <laughs> that the EU's like, absolutely not. Get that, get that nasty out of here. So they're making people, like, pour it out? Well, so, like, places that have bought it have, are pouring it out. Why? Because the can, the labeling, it's contraband. Because it's not the champagne of beers. Because it's not oh champagne. God. Yeah, it's a total technicality. But you know what? I love... We were talking about sticklers a minute but ago. But also, I like, then all those cans, where are they going? Recycling. They don't fucking recycle that shit. I think recycling is a farce. Bitch, you I have wish- a recycling container in this house. I, I mean, I recycle, but I really don't think that things get recycled. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And on our next episode, <laughs> Jules the and, theories and the Jules. Silver Fox will feature conspiracy theories. You know what it is? Because we got burned in Chicago. So in Chicago, they gave you special bags because they didn't have separate cans. But they gave you these special, I think they were blue colored bags that your recycling went into. And you put them out with the garbage, but they were sorting it based on the bags. And then some journalists in Chicago did an expose on how they literally were not doing that. It was all just going to landfill. Nothing was getting recycled. Well, yeah. I mean, Jules, they have to have something to keep the mobster bodies covered in the landfill. So anyway. There you have it. (laughs) Cheers and jeers. Cheers and jeers, everyone. Before we get to the serious part of the episode, let's get into some show wine again. We have serious parts to these episodes? You always do. I don't. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Since we are celebrating all things dog in this episode, we're telling some of our favorite stories about our four and three-legged friends. Okay, so we have a few different things that we're going to talk about. We're each going to, or questions or moments that we're each going to talk about. So, Drea. The moment you knew your dog was your soulmate. 
So, D Dobes is a rescue. We got him at the Pasadena Humane Society in, I guess it was the spring of 2010. And I had seen his, so I actually went there to look at two other dogs. They were Dachshunds. But they came in. Traitor. I know. They came in as owner surrenders and they wanted to adopt them out together. together. Yeah. And I was just like, I just can't do two dogs. But there was another dog I had seen on the website and it was Dobie. What was his name? He didn't have a name. Okay. And he, like the picture wasn't good and it was fuzzy, but there was just something about this little dog that I was into. And so when I saw him in person and I wanted to meet him... You know, they take you into, like, the little room yeah. where you meet the dog. <laughs> and he scurried up onto John's lap. Mm-hmm. And I He was, does scurry. Yeah, and I was like, John, he likes you. But that wasn't it. Yeah. He stood up on John and put his front paws on John's left shoulder and peered his long, creepy giraffe neck around John's head to stare out the window that John was sitting in front of because... In the window was the enclosure. He could see the enclosure of they had. They are also a wildlife rescue. Yeah. And they had a turkey buzzard hmm. in this area back there. And he was just like mesmerized hmm. by this massive bird. Yeah. That could turn him into a snack. And I was like, he's spirited. I like him. He just had the, He's brave. Yeah. He just <laughs> he just had a curiosity where he had yeah. no idea how small he was. And I was like, I'm into you. Yeah. I, I get it. I get so, it. Yeah, how about, I mean, you have the three. We have three. So what I'm going to do, I think, for this segment is think about what story applies to what dog. I'm not going to cover Fair. all three dogs. It's, we're going to be here for fucking ever. <laughs> so for this particular question, I think I'm going to talk about Penny. Is it because she's sitting in your lap right now looking no, at you? No, because I, I do <laughs> actually, Penny was so unexpected, and it really was because I met her, and I was like, She's supposed to be ours. Like, there was an immediate sort of At like, one reaction. time, Jules and Hot Rob were also committed to being a single, a single dog household. <laughs> Which is why, like, Penny being here is actually, like, a big deal. Mm -hmm. Because we were very committed to being an only dog household because Kuka was not really into other dogs. Um, but I had seen Penny's story on Instagram and actually had encouraged a friend of mine to adopt her because I just like I loved her little face and she looked so sad and she looked so sweet <laughs> and her name was Piri Piri which is a pepper spicy mm -hmm. pepper and friends of ours were actually fostering her just up the road from from where we live and I was out walking Kuka one day and met her met Penny Piri Piri and within like five minutes I just knew I just knew that she was supposed to be ours, and I came home, and I said to Rob, we're getting another dog, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I thought we agreed that, like, we're not getting any more dogs because Kuka's, like, an only child, and I just, like, I just knew it. So, I would say, though, that... And Penny was a pandemic baby. Yeah, Penny was a pandemic baby, and I wouldn't say that Penny's our soulmate, so I call Kuka my heart, my, she's my soulmate, like, my soul dog. Penny's my heart dog. Aww. You're my little heartmate. Because you're just such a sweetheart. I have to tell you all, at me right now. Penny literally just put her paw on Jules's chest by her heart, by her heart. and we're yeah. all going to die. Everyone's going to die. Maybe you should take a picture. I should and take a picture. And then everyone can see it. And then everyone can see it because it is. So that is why Penny is the soulmate slash heartmate. Like, she's that. just, 
you know, a really special girl. So uh, moving on to funnier things. Most embarrassing thing your dog has ever done. Oh, God. Where do we even start? You've met him, right? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I love He's him. He's spirited and spicy. He is spirited like and spicy. Zozo. Like Zozo. <laughs> yeah. He, um... He so the thing about Dobie is he's really smart, but he's like smart enough that he's like I don't fucking need to listen to you. I got my own yeah. agenda. I got my own thing going on. I'm busy, and so that tends to like get him into some sh- shenanigans. Shenanigans. Um. So yeah. So let's see. Oh, okay. So this was good. One year, it was so my mom's birthday is. Two days before or two days after Valentine's Day. And so one year we went up for her birthday. We went up to L.A. And we were going to dinner and we were going to go see a play. Um, me, John, and my mom and my dad. And since it had also been Valentine's Day, my dad had got my mom one of those, like, you know, heart boxes from Godiva with the oh, truffles God, and yeah. stuff. Andy. <laughs> And so... That's kind of basic bitch stuff. But none of us thought... (laughs) (laughs) None of us thought to, like, put it out of... Oh, no. Dobie's scope. Now, to be fair, it was on a table, and he's a low squat. Dobie had a snack. So, well, here's the thing. If he ate any of them, he ate maybe one. But what he did do was the little booger... Emptied all of them. Emptied the box. He picked the one out that he wanted. He read. He read the leaflet. Right. He was like, oh, <laughs> raspberry, raspberry filled raspberry cream. <laughs> no, he like hid them around my parents' house. Oh god! Like for fucking later. Oh, so like two days no. later, everyone's still finding truffles that this asshole had carried in his mouth Joby. and hid all over the place. So I was like. I guess thank God for not eating these all and ha- me having to then like Take pump an emergency your room, yeah. stomach at the emergency vet in a city that we don't live in. But also like you asshole, dick. Yep. So that was not cool, dopes. So this the story is like embarrassing slash the most asshole like thing you've ever done. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, he's an embarrassing dog. I mean, there's also the time he wiggled out of, out of his harness on. Highway 101 when we were having brunch and decided that he was going to run around the sidewalk and give oh, everyone Jesus a heart attack. Christ. So, yeah. Absolutely he, not. He's talented. Absolutely not. So, I have, I would say, embarrassing slash just ridiculous story with Kuka. I flew with Kuka one time by myself. Usually, Rob and I would fly together. And I had to get up in the flight and go to the bathroom. And I was <laughs> in the bathroom in the airplane. Oh no. And I heard the flight attendant say, you're not supposed to be out here. And I just knew my, my fucking stomach (laughs) sank. And I was like, Oh, that's Kuka. She's out just running around the plane. (laughs) So I'm like trying to hustle, get out of the toilet. I come out and I see the flight attendant walking, you know, to the back of the plane, holding Kuka in her arms. Kuka had the biggest smile. Her ears were flopping. She was having the best fucking adventure. And I was like, Jesus Christ. So I like ran up to the flight attendant. And I was like, I'm so sorry. That's my dog. She must have somehow nosed her way out of the bag. Because she was in a zipper bag. She fucking Houdini'd her way out of that bag. And was running around the plane while I was in the toilet. 
That's hilarious. I was so embarrassed because it's like a big deal that the dog is not supposed to be right. They get all any part of it. It's not supposed to be out of the bag. Fortunately, unlike my flight attendants on my Hawaii flight, this flight attendant was like, "Oh my god, she's so cute. Oh, she's great." Like she thought it was hysterical, and, and all the passengers were like, "Your dog's so cute." I was like, "Yeah, she's real fucking cute." Get in your fucking get bag. in the bag. Get in the bag. Next time you go, I'm like cargo hold. Her in the bag. <laughs> Seriously. All right. What's your favorite thing to do with your dog? I think we have the same answer. So we like to spoon. Snuggle. Yeah. Just Dobie, snuggle. Dobie's a spooner, though. We just snuggle. Sometimes he's a little spoon. Sometimes he's a big yeah. spoon. But we love to spoon. And he's the best little cuddler. Um, and for me, now that he's older, so my Dobie's 13. I, when he was little, when we, he, when we got him, he was like nine months to a year old. He would just lie in the center yeah. of my chest for hours. And now that he's a crabby old man, he doesn't want to do that. So when he does want it's to snuggle, yeah, I'm just like... I get it. Mm. Yeah. Even even if he kicks me... In the face. When we're doing it, it's yeah. okay. I still love him. But yeah. I get, I get kicked in the face often. I would say that one of my favorite things with Zozo is that she likes to fully get under the covers at night and be like at... She either settles like in between your knees... She likes to like kind of burrow in there and mm-hmm. feel safe, or she's like at your feet, and once in a while she'll just give your toe a little lick. Oh, and she'll be like, "I'm here," and it's really cute. It's but me. all three of our dogs, well, Kuka not so much anymore because she's 18. I think she's like a little sore, like she doesn't like to snuggle, but like snuggling, hands down, favorite thing. She likes to snuggle with her heated blanket. Oh, she does. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Most disgusting thing your dog does. I mean, I will say, Dobie is una princesa like he yeah he is not a gross dog for most for the most part like he doesn't like he's not out eating poop like if he pees he doesn't want to step in it like he's like clean that up yeah he wants nothing to do with that type of shit literally and figuratively um but he's like he's caught i think he's part giraffe he's got a long tongue and sometimes he'll sit there and he'll just lick his nose, like licking his dog boogers and his tongue will go in his nose. I'm like, you're gross. Oh, yeah. You're gross. And he'll just sit there and do it for, I'm like, stop that. You're so gross. And I'm like, you kiss your mom with that mouth. That's stop gross. it. Well, he also likes to lick John's ears, which I think is fucking disgusting. That's all dogs. And John lets him do it. Actually, this is more beef about John because that's gross. That's a dog thing, though. It's so gross. I mean... Kuka likes to snack on cat poop. Oh, so no. So I'm not even going to go any further than that. That's just disgusting. And there have been many a time where she has been shamed on the Instagram with a note attached to her saying she got a bath because she was eating cat poop. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. <laughs> Moving on. The most ridiculously glorious thing your dog does. And I wish you guys could see Penny right now. Because she, it's like she freaking knows what these questions are. It's like she knows this is about her. Uh, what is, so when he, he doesn't do it as much anymore, but when he was like younger, so probably like, I'm going to say 10 and younger, Dobie could make a burrow out of anything. Like I came home one time and all the throw pillows were off the sofa and he had made his own like pillow for it. Oh. And he was just like all cozy in there, like. Animal instinct stuff. He's just ridiculous that way. 
Um, so he like he loves to burrow, and he started doing this thing recently where it'll be the. I mean, I'm like, God damn it, Joe, we have to go to sleep because he obviously sleeps with us. Um, but he'll get up in the middle of the night and he'll start like digging into the bed. Like oh, yeah. he's trying to burrow, nesting. you know. We call it nesting. Yeah, yeah. So he's been really into that lately. So John, of course, is like, "Oh no, maybe we should give him some more blankets for our bed." And I was like, "Well, clearly, obviously, that dog has about as many blankets as my dogs have toys. Yeah, he does not need another blanket. He loves that. <laughs> and, and also if, beds. We have a lot of beds too. And if there is a blanket that's not his, and it comes out, he's like, "Hey, hey, that's hey, now my blanket. Yeah, what yes. what you doing with that? Yeah, yeah. little booger, but yeah." Uh, how I, I'm, I have a good guess of what the most glorious, ridiculous thing your dog does. <laughs> it's, this one's about Penny. She does something we call running Penny. It's the cutest. Where she, her two, so she only has three legs, everyone. She's the tripod. Yes, it's you. She's on my lap. And she literally, like, I think she does understand. Oh, she's doing running Penny right now at this moment. So Penny takes her two front paws and she... Runs them. I, I don't know how else to put it, Dre. How would you put it? Yeah, no. That's it's running doing. penny. So running she penny. sits back and she just runs her two front paws. And it's a, it's just a, it's a very uniquely penny thing. I haven't seen another dog do this. I know that dogs do this. I've seen it like on Instagram, but like Kuka never did that. Zozo doesn't do it. None of our friends' dogs do it. It's a penny thing. It and is very much a penny thing. thing. And everybody knows about running penny. They're like, and people are like, are you going to do a running penny for me? Like, it's kind of a thing. So <laughs> It's absolutely running a thing. Running penny is the cutest. So there you have it. Our Schweinigans. All about our dogs. Our fur babies. They're the best. Have, we don't have human babies. So that's what, you know, we have to brag on. I don't know. I feel I feel like we made out on this deal. They're we all did. pretty great. We did. So Cheers remember, everyone, adopt, don't shop. Go to your shelters. Drink. Spend time with the dog. Drink dog-inspired wine. Drink dog-inspired wine. And cheers to them. And cheers to that. Bottle 54 in homage to our fur babies is the Blind Dog Midnight Run Cuvée. And it's a red non-vintage blend out of Paso Robles from Eclus. Um, also pronounced Eclus. We've also, heard it both ways, so we're not totally sure. Also pronounced something in French that we... Eclusive. Eclusive. So, yeah. We're, you know what? We're going to go with French Eclusive. is not our forte. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, the price point on this bottle is $22, and the ABV solid. is 15.1%. Max approved. Also solid. Uh, and, again, this wine comes from Eclus Wines in Paso, and it itself is a bottle that plays homage to a very special dog. So we'll get into that in a few. But before we get started, how about some fun facts with Jules? Uh, before we do fun facts, I'll tell you what the blend is. Perfect. The Sounds blend great. of this wine is a Merlot, Cab Franc, Cab Sauvignon, a Grenache, Mouvedre, and Zinfandel. I like all of those Solid things. lineup. Yep. All I like those. all of those individually, so I'll be very curious to see what this tastes like as a mishmash. And, you know, all of those grow really well in Paso. Of course they do. I mean, what can you do? What can you do? Okay, right. fun facts with Jules. This wine is a double gold winner from the San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition. Not sure what year. Do we know what year? I think it was like 2019 or 2020. Bad research. Yeah, well, uh, it's these it's, aren't my facts. 
<laughs> I didn't say. I, I didn't say who did it. Uh, this is a leftover wine, which just means that it's a blend made from leftover grapes that are used to produce other bottles uh, at this particular winery. But other, you know, other wineries also do this with so that they are using as much as possible. It's a sustainable practice. Yes. We're into it. A portion of the proceeds from this bottle are donated to Dogs for Better Lives in Oregon as a tribute to Toby, the dog who the wine is made in honor of and who was originally trained at Dogs for Better Lives as a hearing assist dog. At the time that Toby was adopted, or I'm not really sure if it was like adopted at the time, uh, the Dogs for Better Lives was actually called something else. It was called a a different, um, it had a different name, and now it's called Dogs for Better Lives. Yes. There you go. These are your fun facts about our wine today. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about... About the not fun facts. Oh, my God. (laughs) About the poor research. No, so let's talk a little (laughs) bit about the region. Um, Our season three opener actually took a deep dive into the history of Paso Robles. So for this episode, and I'm sure much to everyone's dismay, we're really just going to focus specifically on the Ecluse and their vineyard, Lock Vineyard. Do you hear cheering in the... I hear cheering in the background. Oh my God, you're such a brat. (laughs) Uh, So you're all welcome. Um, And if you really want to take that deep dive into Paso or you forgot... Listen to the previous fucking episode. drank the whole fucking bottle, (laughs) listen to the whole previous episode. All right, so Lock Vineyard. Lock Vineyard is the foundation of Ecluse Wines, which is behind this bottle. They have 24 acres under vine that includes 10 different varietals, a good number of which, again, are in this this bottle. bottle. Uh, And it is owned by Steve and Pam Locke, who are the growers and the winemakers, and they really pride themselves on crafting small boutique wines. In terms of the name, Ecluse is the French word for lock. And um, these are particular locks are on canals that that uh, you can see across the French countryside. And since Stephen Pam's last name is Locke, the name Ecluse for the wines was born. And the label on their single um, vineyard varietals depicts an Ecluse. So these these locks on these canals um, from a photo that Stephen Pam took while they were in France traveling down. Uh, the country. So I think thought that was kind of cool. In 1997, they purchased 30 acres on a hillside in the much coveted west side area of Paso Robles, and their vines border other Paso heavyweights like La Aventura and Austin Hope, um, which a lot of you probably know about, especially Austin Hope uh, has gotten a lot of good press in the last couple of years. And it's really good wine. And it is very good wine, yeah. But do we know why it's a much coveted area? Is it because of so the west side tends to have like a more varied um, terrain. Okay. And so you get different microclimates mm-hmm. out there. So even some with within like the same actual plot, right? Uh, the following year in 1998, they began planting with Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Zinfandel. And their first harvest was in 2000. Uh, the first vintage though that was released under the Ecluse label was a Cabernet, an estate Cabernet Sauvignon and was released in 2001. And in addition to these first vines, they now also grow Mavedra, Grenache, Petit Verdot, Petit Syrah, Tanat, and Malbec. And because of 
the hilly terrain, the climate here is ideal for grape growing and a variety of grape growing, as you can see from the list that they, they harvest. Um, and what makes it ideal is you get those high temperatures during the day that are the hallmark of Paso Robles um, terroir, and that really helps the grapes grow and develop sugar. But one of the things you get on the hilly areas of the west side are cool temperatures at night that allow the grapes to reach their peak flavor potential and control the amount of growth because you stop all that sugar production once the temperature goes down. So this area, like where they are, where La Ventura is, Austin Hope, that's the area that's all snow in Paso this winter. So you're getting up at some higher elevations and because they're on a slope, they're on a hillside, they can plant in kind of different directions. So they can really select which of these varietals is getting, you know, the most sun, which is getting the most sea breeze, all of that good stuff. Um, the vineyard also features a variety of soil types, which further makes these flavor profiles and their grapes unique. Um, so you have everything on the property from um, calcareous limestone on the hilltops to clay and loam near the bottom. So this allows for varied planting and of course, my favorite thing, experimentation. <laughs> <laughs> it's also important to note that Ecluse uses sustainable viticultural practices, which focus on water conservation um, and their use of an eutrate water system. Eutrate? Eutrate? I don't know. I'm not a water scientist, but it sounds cool. It sounds fancy. Water system sounds that smart. sounds smart that captures all the water that's used in the winery into large holding tanks that produce what's known as a compost tea. And that goes. And that's what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so that on the next episode of Two Girls and a Grape, we drink. Compost we, tea. We serve up the tea on compost <laughs> tea. Um, so that compost tea, though, goes back into the vineyard to irrigate the vines. Okay. And or then irritate they irritate the vines? Irrigate the vines. <laughs> Did I say irritate? No, you said irritate. God damn it. It's Monday. Help a bitch out here. <laughs> um, they also use natural predators for pest control and cover crops amongst the vines to promote the development of friendly insects and to be able to gauge the health of the vine. So they're really, again, treating the vineyard as its own sustainable ecosystem, which I, I always like to support when we have the opportunity to do that. Um, this These practices mirror their winemaking philosophy. So on their website, Stephen Pam say, quote, from the beginning, our philosophy is that grapefruit makes great wine. Having our own winery on site gives us the added benefit of picking and crushing small lots throughout the vineyard when the fruit has reached its peak flavors. Having this control from vineyard to the bottle ensures that Ecluse wines remain truly remarkable wine that it is today. And I, I feel like this philosophy serves them particularly well in today's kind of world of climate change, right? When mm -hmm. vineyards are harvesting at all sorts of crazy times um, and hours of the day or night that you've really got to pick those grapes when they're ready. So this allows them to get them straight from the fields and into the tank very, very quickly. So um, I'm going to see how that reads in the bottle for sure. But we've talked a little bit about Lock Vineyard and Ecluse, kind of the, the name behind this label, but I do want to spend some time talking specifically about 
Blind Dog Wines, which is what we're drinking today, the Midnight Run Cuvée. And the story of Blind Dog Wines began when the vineyard was first planted, so from the very beginning of Ecluse. At the time, the property caretaker, um, whose name is Dwayne, was Dwayne Robinson, lived on the property with Bingo, his longtime faithful companion, who due to glaucoma had become blind. The two, though, had a very special relationship because Dwayne was hard of hearing and Bingo would act as his ears while Dwayne was the eyes for both of them. In 1998, Bingo had aged enough that he, he really couldn't serve Dwayne as a hearing assist dog anymore. And Steve and Pam began searching for a new assist dog for Dwayne and found um, what was then known as Dogs for the Deaf, which is now, of course, Dogs for Better Lives in Oregon. Dogs for Better Lives rescues dogs. And I should note that all of our dogs between Jules and I are all rescues. So we love this. Yes. Um, and trains them. Adopt, as, don't shop, people. Exactly. Adopt, don't shop. Um, so it rescues dogs and trains them as assist dogs. So That's so cool. I, I love that. I'm not sure that any of our dogs could assist anyone oh, in doing absolutely anything. absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, when I first got Dobie, I thought like, oh, I'd love to train him to be able to, you know, go into hospitals and yeah. be an emotional support dog. Like, that dog needs so much fucking emotional support. It's not happening. I love you, Dope. See, I, I could have done that with Kuka. I wanted to do that with Kuka, and I wanted to do that with Penny, because I think they both would be great at that. But the process, part of the process was um, interacting well with other dogs. And Kuka was sometimes, like, a little iffy with other She doesn't really care for other dogs, but she was always so good with people. I always thought that was like such bullshit because she would have been really good. To Kuka go who now lives in a house with two other dogs. Yeah, now she's fine. You know, so there is that. <laughs> and then Penny, I think, would be great because she's pretty happy to go and hang out with anybody. But you know, there was the one slight the, pick up with Penny. The one, the one There's thing. Been one. Penny's a silent predator. Everyone. She is. <laughs> she looks real cute, but she's a silent Until assassin. Until she's not. Until she's not. <laughs> Sorry, Miles. I know. I know. My money's on Zozo at this point. All right. I know. Zozo actually, but other than the craziness. Well, she might grow out of it. We'll see. Um, So they rescue dogs. They train them as assist dogs. And after passing the application process, Dwayne was matched with a dog named Topaz. Topaz. A spunky little lab terrier mix. Topaz became Toby, who Jules mentioned in her fun facts. To Dwayne and everyone at the vineyard. And as Toby aged, though, she developed diabetes and eventually lost her sight in the summer of 2008. So Steve and Pam were inspired by these two very special vineyard dogs, um, both who went blind. So they're blind dogs. That's so crazy. I know, right? What are the chances of that? I mean, when they told me the story when I visited the vineyard, I was like, I need two bottles right now. Do you have a club yeah. just for this wine? Um, but they're, you know, these two special dogs are then behind the Blind Dog Midnight Run Cuvée. And it, that wine is a tribute to them. And, and Kuka is going blind. Yeah. She's, she's, she's a little hard of sight and hard of hearing. She's 18, everybody knows. So I think she's cool. just ignoring you. <laughs> it's cool. I mean... If she's up close to you, she can see you, but you definitely can tell her. You got you got to get all up in her grill, right? You got to get up in her business. Um, Of this wine and the dogs, Stephen Pam say their happy wagging tails exuded their love of life and a determined spirit, showing everyone that they would not be deterred 
by their handicap. So do you hear that, Penny? I think it's just great. Penny, that, our three-legged dog. Yeah, she's maybe. handicapped. She's but she's not. She's handy capable. She's handy capable. Um, mm-hmm. so I just love that they created this wine that it's sustainable, that it's using things that already grow there that haven't made it into other bottles, but are still high quality. And they did it to highlight these amazing dogs and to sort of share this message. Also, their winery is super dog friendly. They were I mean, so if nice it to I would be like, come the fuck on. <laughs> Doby, they were like, you can let them off leash. I was like, no, I can't. He's horrible. But he's he was trying to like, crawl around behind the barrels because he can smell the wine in them. And they were like, let them go. Let them go explore. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, But he, but yeah, they were super great when we went there. Uh, The wine itself though, they describe as an eclectic blend of some of the best Paso Robles reds. um, And they advertise it as both approachable and affordable, which I love because, you know, Paso is really, on the up and up, right? And some of their blends at some of their their higher end vineyards are now running you in that like fifty, sixty dollar yeah. mark, you know. So Yeah, twenty two bucks for like a nice red that can go with a lot of different things which we'll get to and I feel like could be enjoyed by a variety of people. Yep. Is yeah, such I a great a solid buy, yeah. And I mean, you know, we we talked about them labeling it as leftover wine, but here's the other thing: these are all primo grapes from a coveted area in Paso, um, and this wine is also barrel aged from 14 to 30 months, depending on the blend, you know, what they're using for that particular release, and so you really get a complex wine that is going to be a perfect companion yucca 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 for a lot of things best friend (laughs) all right so should we get into this bottle no duh of course (laughs) i was literally like what the fuck is going on right now (laughs) she's very confused so confused Now the fun starts. We get to drink the wine and talk about oh, the wine. Always the best part. It's always, well, for me, it's always the best part. Even though I'm also not good at this part. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start our tasting discussion. So let's start with color. It's I, red. It's red. No. It's really pretty. So no, it is. It's, it's a dark, it's dark, inky, opaque, opaque. red. It's not... I don't really see hints of, like, purple and violet, though. Like, it really mm-hmm. is that true, like, ruby. It's like, I want to drink your blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think Dracula would. And would on our this. Halloween episode. <laughs> well, whatever. Hey. You know, we already have the bottle for our Halloween episode. I'm very excited oh, about boy. it. <laughs> I don't even know about this, y'all. <laughs> Dear reader, I don't even know about this. <laughs> okay, nose. What are we smelling? Sniff it. So I'm getting that first hint of black fruit. So like plum, blackberry. Um, you? I got black pepper. Yeah, definitely there's some Like some there. sort of a spicy, like heat, like a heat, some, you know. I'm getting um, baking spices too, like nutmeg, a little bit of cinnamon, um, and some... Some light notes of tobacco, I'm going to say on the nose. Some cigarettes? 
No, like the oh my god! <laughs> no, jeez. I was just thinking it's funny. She just likes to fuck with me, dear reader. I do. Okay, <laughs> let's drink it. All right, I'm into it. Go for it. Oh yeah, that's good shit. That's that's nice. This is we may have just uncovered the best kept secret in Paso, because these blind dogs know what the fuck they're doing. Like at that price point, this is especially yeah a very easy, very smooth drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is I got kind of those deeper black fruits on the nose, but for me on the palate, it's all red fruit, like cherry. I think you said bing. Yeah, we cher- both said bing, bing cherry. cherry. Um, red plums, like there's such a a lightness there, but it's got like such a velvety texture to me. Like but it also just, has a little bit of like a fiery, like a it's has that little bit of a peppery on the finish. Yeah, on the finish. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's delicious. It's really well balanced. It's very much an easy drinker. I'm calling this a fire pit pounder. <laughs> of course. So of course. rosés and whites, I think, are called porch pounders. We're calling this fire pit pounder. I mean, that tracks. There's so many different ways we could take this. Really? You don't say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hot Rob, are you listening? I mean, I could trademark this. I mean, we can make a (laughs) dildo out of this. Oh, my God. Fire pit pounder. Fire dildo. I don't want that. It doesn't have to be on fire. Well, then what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) It could be like a flame. Like, it could be a flame design I don't on want it. that either. That just sounds <laughs> ridiculous. Anywho. Fucking Roadrunner Wily Coyote. Um, well, I don't know if I can co- top the dildo comment. <laughs> no, but this is, like... But I could see, like, I could drink a lot of this. Yeah, I could sit around the fire pit. Say. Sit around the fire pit with my knapsack poncho on. Oops. And just... And it's a, uh, also, dear listener, it's a screw top wine. So, oh, that's right. So again, you could like have this anywhere, not have to worry about. Oh, I don't have a fucking bottle opener, so even better. I mean, I bottle. carry one in my purse, but I guess for the amateurs out there, it's fine. Um, well, like Lauren and I did not have a wine opener in Hawaii. What? Because oh. carry on baggage. Oh. So when we were buying our wine, we were like, oh, we need to like think about. The fact that we don't have an opener and our hotel definitely didn't have an opener. I just bought wine key. Do you have any idea how many wine keys I've purchased? I have so many. Yeah. I have so many wine keys. It's like one of those things. But anyway, but I think that nowadays you can find. No, you can find a good wine that has a screw top. I mean, and it's also like, to be quite honest, you know, people are like the cork. Listen, I love a cork. I actually have a collection of corks from every bottle of wine I have ever opened in my home. Um, so she's got, basically her floors are made of cork. <laughs> I mean, of well, wine corks. well, so the goal is her when, headboard is made of wine cork. <laughs> when I buy, she definitely needs that fire pit pounder. <laughs> <laughs> when I buy my Barcelona flat, I want to tile my dining room in corks, but, um, that's neither here nor there. No, but listen, like a screw top, it's not changing. In fact, it's actually better for the wine. Because you're not getting any oxidation no. in there. So, like, yeah. if you're getting a wine, like, this is a non-vintage, you're meant to drink it, you know, when you buy it or within the year or two, you're not laying it down to age it. 
You don't need all that. You don't right. need a cork. And a screw top's much more sustainable. You know, harvesting... It's more convenient. Yeah, harvesting cork is just such a difficult thing. Oh, it's also related well, we to, to... We have to put that in one of the episodes. Oh, yeah. It's also... Oh, it, that's great because then I can talk about the legacy of colonialism oh, and the cork okay. trade. Oh, Thank shit. you. Thank you. We couldn't have an yeah. episode of that. <laughs> but no, I think that this is such a accessible, delicious, delicious bottle <laughs> that's going to appeal to a lot of people Who and like their pre- fire pit pounder. and their preferred sexual positions. <laughs> so okay. yeah, what are we pairing this with? Food. Go. Um, I mean, sticking with our fire pit pounder, I'm just going to say all the salty meats imaginable. Actually, I would love this with like an Italian sub. Okay. I'm going to go wood-fired pizza. Nice. I like that. I like that. Either a barbecue chicken. That's very specific. Or a pepperoni, but like gourmet pepperoni, not like a Domino's pepperoni. Pizza Hut? But also, like, wood-fired pizza indicates more gourmet, so. They don't yeah. have wood-fired Domino's? That's upsetting. They might now. <laughs> they might have something that's called wood-fired, but fair, it's fair. not. A barbecue chicken pizza would actually be really good with this, yeah. I think. Um, uh, situation. Uh, fire pit poundage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Pounding by the fire pit. We'll take it anywhere, any style, <laughs> any time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, to that point, though, I mean... I'm 12. This, <laughs> Jules is actually 12 years old. I think you got a sunburn on your brain cells over there. The sunburn is so bad. Um, I will say this, though, to your fire pit poundage. This is a sexy wine. Like, it's an easy drinker, but it's... I, I just... Do not start your shit right now. I'm I, getting a finger pointed <laughs> at me right because now. Because I'm about to say something... That may have you rolling on the floor in two seconds. Okay. I really just love the mouthfeel of this one. <laughs> like, you're such a child. Why are you like this? No, it's it's velvety and robust and somebody cool. get this woman a fire pit powder. <laughs> it's it's a seductive wine without being gross. <laughs> We are literally crying. This is so bad. Okay, entertainment. I'm just going to go with porn. Great. Just watching porn on a big screen outside by the fire pit. So next next Saturday. Fuck the neighbors. Who cares, about, who cares about the day? You have kids next door? Keep them inside. You got chickens next door? Oh, oh well. fuck them. I'm going to eat them on my fucking barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> Um, so well, the chickens are back, by the way. So yeah, oh boy, that. That's okay. <laughs> so um, I'm not gonna go as far as porn, but I am gonna say close. I I would like some smooth jams. Um, my go-to, sorry, Hot Rob, is Dave Matthews. Oh, Rob hates <laughs> Dave Matthews. Just, it's the opposite of like sexy for him. I'm so sorry. He Rob. will hang up on you. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to test this. See, see how much he's calmed down over the years. But yeah, no, just definitely like some, some okay, how about some David Gray maybe, some Ray LaMontagne, you know, that kind of mix, that kind yeah. of vibe. But yeah, it's it's a delightful wine. It's good stuff. So where can we buy this wine? So you can get this directly from Ecluse Vineyards. Um, they're in Paso Robles. We'll put a link up um, and tag them on the Instagram 
um, and you can purchase this directly from there. It is, I believe, vineyard um, or winery only. So you have to order it directly yeah. through them. But they're rad. And and part of the proceeds go to the... Um, the dog rescue. You know, the, the nonprofit organization. So. so, yeah, help a dog out. Help a dog out. Help uh, a bitch out. Help a bitch out. Um, so speaking of the Instagram, we are at two girls in a great pod. That's T W O girls in a great pod. Go give us a follow people. Give us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode and you're into some fire pit poundage, Hey, leave us a five star review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if so, you're offended by fire pit poundage, just skip over the episode. Just Don't shut, say anything just, at all. Just shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your, shut big your mouth. mouth. <laughs> All right, so with that, until next time, salute. Cheers.